Hey everyone, I'm your host Tom Shaughnessy and welcome back to Chain Reaction, a research-driven podcast that's a part of Delphi Digital. If you're not on Delphi's research portal, you're missing out on the critical analysis read by the top minds in the crypto space, so be sure to check it out. One quick housekeeping item, nothing said on this podcast is a solicitation to buy or sell any security or token or to make any financial decisions. I may personally hold tokens mentioned on the podcast and you can view our show notes below for our complete disclosures. With that, let's jump into the episode. Before we jump in, we want to thank the Cosmos community for their sponsorship in making this episode possible. There are several projects building inter-blockchain communication protocols, but there's one that's currently built. Cosmos.network is on a mission to link every blockchain. Well-known projects like Terra, Band, Kava, and Secret use Cosmos and the Cosmos Hub to connect to every other chain in their network. The Cosmos Hub is completed and launched, and you can visit Cosmos.network today to check it out. The Cosmos Hub brings us that much closer to Web 3.0, and we thank the Cosmos community for sponsoring the Delphi podcast. All right, everyone. Thanks for joining. Uh, today, we have the team from AP Wine here. So I'll, I'll let them introduce themselves first. Hello. Um, I'm happy to be here. I'm uh, Antoine Mouran. I'm a French student at uh, EPFL in computer science. I'm a member of the Blockchain Student Association uh, of the EPFL. Um, I... I get to know the, the crypto in 2016 and uh, I felt in love with it and uh, all the ecosystem. And then uh, as soon as I heard about uh, DeFi, uh, I felt deeper in love and uh, I went uh, all in with the, the community, uh, especially the French community, but now it's, uh, it's the future of France, so no problem. <laughs> Um, yeah, my name is Gaspar Pelusi. Uh, I did uh, four years in computer science at EPFL in Lausanne as well. Um, been in crypto since uh, many years, working on small projects, did a little bit of research as well. And um, yeah, in IP1, uh, full-time now, and uh, co-founded the project with the Antoine and Ulysses in August. Hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Ulysses. Uh, before joining crypto six months ago, I was more of a gaming slash UI kind of guy. I've studied computer science for three years at EPFL with uh, Gaspar and Antoine, and then graduated uh, six months ago. Uh, that's also the time where I joined Amazon as a software engineer. Uh, worked there for a little bit, and then just you know left my job to work full time on AP1. Appreciate the intros. Uh, would love to hear kind of you know what was the. I guess we can start with a, a summary of AP1, and then what kind of what was the inspiration and, and kind of how you guys came up with it. For sure. So AP Wine is, to put it in simple words, is the protocol for yield tokenization on Ethereum. So the, the idea is that uh, we have been seeing crazy APYs, uh, so interests, uh, last summer, and we're still seeing you know APYs with three digits, four digits. But there is no product yet to bet on that speculation, on that variation of APY. So what we allow you to do is deposit your assets on AP Wine and basically lock your assets to mint future yield tokens that you will be able to speculate on. So you will basically be able to speculate on the future yield. And the idea came uh, 
long story short, we were kind of drinking uh, a glass of wine at EPFL shortly before graduation and before the exams were over. And we we just you know wanted to start a, a project in DeFi because of all the possibilities and all the um, you know endless capabilities of DeFi. We really wanted to also bring our stone to the ecosystem. So that's when we started to think about projects. And the idea for trading future yield just naturally came to us uh, when we when we witnessed those crazy APYs. Now for the wine part, uh, it was mostly a wordplay because you know we were having a, a glass of wine and we're all French, all for France. So uh, we, it, it just came obvious to us. Just told everyone that we were drinking during exams. <laughs> <laughs> At the end, please don't do it at the same time. <laughs> Only at the end. No, absolutely. And and we, I guess let's uh, dive into you know how the mechanics work and 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 yeah, what exactly are the components? Yeah, for sure. So so the basic use of flow of APY. The first step is that you deposit your interest bearing token, so your IBTs on APY. Uh, this can be ADI, iFarm, you know anything that generates yield over time can be deposited on APY. Now, you want to deposit on a fixed time period. So if you want to deposit for one month, you can do that. You can also deposit for one year or anything that AP1 supports. Uh, we have these things called futures. It's a pair of an interest-bearing token, a platform, and a time period. So let's say you deposit a die on the one-month period on AP1. In exchange for that deposit, so basically locking your assets for one month, you get what we call FYTs, future yield tokens. These future yield tokens represent the yield that will be generated by your assets at the end of the period. Um, so you're free basically to trade them, to sell them through the AMM, send them, do what you want with it. Um, these are regular ERC-20 tokens. Uh, the specificity of these token is that the holder of the FYT can redeem the yield at expiration. When the future ends, when the period ends, so at the end of the month, you will be able to claim the FYTs and get the yield in return. That means that you can sell your FYTs, so basically sell your future yield, and whoever has that FYT can redeem the yield at the end. This is the basic user flow. Got it. And, and who do you imagine, I guess, would be some of the, the participants that would likely take advantage of this model and, and, and really be your power users in the beginning, at least? Right, so at the beginning, of course, we're focusing on farmers, arbitrators, uh, not only, but also, uh, you know, it, it could be also uh, people from outside DeFi world. So people who want to to basically hedge their risk, uh, uh, but also speculators on that yield. Got it. And, and in terms of, um, I guess, what, what are going to be some of the, the, the starting tokens you're launching with? And, and do you envision this expanding or do you kind of uh, see this more so uh, having a lot of kind of concentration of liquidity around a handful of, of popular pairs. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So I mean, we started um, the, the beta version. We had the ADI, we had the YUSD iFirm, and I mean, for different reason, uh, both in terms of uh, you know what protocol were very famous, which asset made sense to, to speculate in it, or even like, like we wanted to have uh, like one asset with a high API as well uh, for battles testing different dynamics. And um, I mean, which pool we released basically at the V1. Um, I mean, if people uh, go to the to our website, the V1, we have uh, like some alphas there as already. Um, but basically, we studied it that way. Um, we want to 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 offer the user 
I mean, we are basically answering uh, community market demand, but we want to offer basically different products that represent, that would be interesting for our farmers. So for example, with YUSD, you're speculating on something that would be interesting while going to some uh, market cycle changes uh, with rates on stablecoin. Um, but with other protocol, with other tokens, you would be able to speculate on the efficiency or basically the protocol rewards. So like, for example, iFirms, but you have a lot of tokens that work that way, like uh, in SushiSwap, uh, StakeDAO, that kind of thing. So those are very interesting assets. And actually, uh, something that is very, I mean, at, at the core of uh, what we want to do since the beginning is also speculating on governance token, but uh, let's say like, for example, for Ethereum, um, like you would be able to speculate on East uh, to rewards, that kind of thing. That would be very interesting for the users. Eventually, we want to have not that many pools to not fragment the liquidity too much, but we have a lot of integration coming up and we'll release new pool on a yeah frequent basis and yeah, answer the, the community there. Um, token holders and participants to the governance will be able to vote on listing. And yeah, that's basically the way, the way it will work. The topic of liquidity, um... How do you guys envision the uh, APY and AMM evolving over time, as well as how are you planning to bootstrap the particular markets? So our upcoming um, roadmap will begin with the V1 launch um, with uh, several uh, platforms uh, integrated. Um, you can see them uh, already uh, on our teaser on our website. Um, but uh, what we are thinking about is uh, maybe uh, having new products like um, tokenizing vested tokens. Um, as uh, if you, for example, invest in, um, in a private sale where uh, tokens are vested, you could tokenize them. And uh, when they are um, released, people could uh, redeem the tokenized vested tokens against the real tokens. So um, as an investor, you could be, you would be able to sell upfront your vested tokens. Then uh, we are going to integrate uh, other types of assets. Uh, for example, uh, pool assets. Uh, so, uh, Uniswap, uh, Balancer, SushiSwap assets, um, I, I mean, uh, liquidity tokens. Um, so uh, the fees generated by uh, the liquidity um, and the, the trade uh, would be accrued uh, inside the future yield tokens. Um, then we'd like to improve our exchange and uh, to build uh, new financial instruments. So um, on our roadmap, we currently have um, uh, leverage. So uh, through margin trading of uh, future yield tokens. So you would be able to short uh, the yield or long the yield with higher leverage. We also have uh, some ideas about um, some more complex uh, financial instruments as options. And um, maybe uh, interest swap um, with uh, sort of uh, collateralized FYTs, uh, which could be swapped between uh, the collateral or the FYTs, depending on uh, the, the user will. 
and uh, we are also looking for uh, a lot more um, exotic integrations. As for um, stake DAO um, with um, special uh, vaults like uh, liquidation vaults, um, like arbitrage vaults. So you would be able to bet and speculate on the yield made by an arbitrage bot. Um, we are also collaborating with Archer DAO about uh, this one. You would also be able to um, get upfront proof of stake rewards. Uh, if we could tokenize on Ethereum or a sidechain or an EVM compatible uh, blockchain, uh, proof of stake rewards. Um, as for example, uh, you have some dots uh, which are generating a yield. You would be able to sell this yield upfront and get a sort of a loan from it. For example, you would also oh sorry, <laughs> you would also be able uh, to to have a fully insured yield. So um, the collateral would be insured. The collateral would be stable coin or it would be um, option covered and uh, with fixed yield. So uh, zero risk for the, um, the investor. And uh, it's basically free money. Uh, we might want to edit that because <laughs> basically I'm trying to reveal our roadmap. <laughs> yeah, it was a bit long. <laughs> oh, no, that's good. Uh, yeah, I, I think I think we were just a little bit uh, destabilized, uh, if if I could say that. Uh, like we were trying to follow very closely the question, so we were. <laughs> we a lot of alpha little... leak there, I think. Yeah, yeah, no, no, for sure. <laughs> um, no, I think alpha leak is good, but uh, um, yeah. Yeah, I had a question on. So you mentioned tokenizing future yield on various different products, whether it be vested tokens um, or or proof-of-stake tokens, right? How do you envision the pricing of those tokens working over time, right? So say, if, if, do I, if I'm the first market creator, do I initiate a pool um, MM of that particular market? How, how, what kind of, um, what should go into my thinking in terms of pricing that MM, as well as how do you envision future yield tokens, the price of a future yield token trending over time from start to maturity? Yeah. So, I mean, those are very relevant and interesting question where we spend quite much time uh, to think about. So um, part of the answer can be find, found in uh, the traditional financial world. So basically for the pricing of the future yield token, um, basically with the same expected yield at the expiration of the future, um, you would sell your, your expected yield with a a premium, I mean, a discount, basically, because you're, you're selling an asset that is locked uh, for a defined amount of time. So eventually, um, the, the the price will uh, rise progressively. Um, and in terms of market dynamic, uh, the more you 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 go in the period, the less entropy you have on the remaining yield left to be realized. So that's one thing. And what you said at the beginning, actually, um, like at the very beginning of one period. Um, so th that's the particular thing with, with the future yield tokenization is that at each new period, you'll have a new token. And so especially in the AMM, you need to anticipate that to eventually have, a, let's say, a, a continuous liquidity. You don't want to 
have to restart from scratch at each new period and people to have to deposit again that kind of mechanism. I mean, at least that that's what we thought about and we designed an IMM where we have some kind of price discovery mechanism so that we can, at the same time, ease the liquidity provider experience there that doesn't have to redeposit again, renew its token. And they can do that, but that's one functionality. And at the same time, the trader can have um, a better experience and, and trade FYTs right at the beginning, where actually we would expect to have the more volume, where the more speculation, the more entropy on what uh, the yield to be realized. So yeah, those are mechanisms that we implemented so that yeah, at the same time we have a continuous liquidity and um, we will be able to have fair pricing on those assets. But you know, pricing a future yield is something that is done in traditional finance. But then we know that we're in DeFi and the market may need to educate itself a little bit before we start to have um, you know, a really strong market-making dynamic there as well. That's a challenge for sure. I uh, just want to add that on, on that last aspect. Uh, we've actually had many people from traditional finance come to us and say, hey, guys, are you basically recreating you know, future contracts from traditional finance? Uh, and we said, yeah, we're doing that. But also, we're allowing people you know, to have new features that are not even envisionable in traditional finance. For example, upfront yield, that is something that doesn't exist uh, you know, in, in, in regular contracts. So that's also what we bring uh, on top of the traditional um, innovations. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and yeah, like the the separating the yields kind of like strips in in, in uh, traditional finance with bonds, but I think it, it is really uh, a useful element where the larger individual who owns who is entitled to basically the, you know the bond aspect of this, which is the as the portion that accrues the yield. So the fact that they can kind of hedge the interest rate risk. And and I, I do think there's a, a market for uh, those that want to speculate on that on that interest rate risk and, and definitely at size where, you know, if you're if just using round numbers, if you have, you know, APY of, of let's say 12% on um, on some, uh, on an asset. And, and so you're, you, you strip that out and you basically, you know, like adjust, not adjusting for compounding, you know, you're getting about 1% a month. The mm-hmm. idea is you can, there's, even if one percent isn't significant, if, if if those rates increase to you know let's say eighteen percent, now so, the individual who speculated on that on the interest rate actually gets fifty percent gain. So there is kind of uh, a material amount of gain to potentially be had speculating on those interest rates, and and potentially you know it could be a, a different way to speculate on on markets themselves. If you have a you know direction that you think markets are going to go, and and an opinion on how uh, demand for borrowing and lending will adjust for that. I think it, it definitely creates a really new avenue and, and another kind of really useful uh, building block for the space. Absolutely. And, then, and it, yeah. So pretty good. Actually, trading yield can be very profitable if we look at the numbers that, for example, Ave, a player, a big player like Ave has uh, on ADI, you can see APYs ranging from 5% to some days uh, to 20% on some other days. So there is a huge you know, uh, amount of opportunity for arbitraging here and profiting for speculators. But at the same time, it's a win-win situation because if you manage to sell your FYT, it means that you've essentially hedged your risk. So that's you know a win-win situation for both parties. I think that's where the beauty of of, of this future contract lies. Yeah. If I may add something, like that's 
I think that, that I mean that was something that I started to, to talk about um, in our earlier discussion. But um, I think it would be very interesting to have to start to have this this yield market because until now liquidity provider were basically jumping from one platform to another just to you know take advantage of these high APYs. But eventually, that is not sustainable for different players, uh, both for fees, but even for yeah just different players. You don't want to go from this risky pool from one to another. Um, and then eventually, if on APY we manage to have um, as much market making as we want to have um, and need for the farmers to t start to really sell their yield and then edge their risk and, and bet on a fixed price, I think that will drive the, the discussion about what makes uh, this yield this high or this low and that kind of thing. I think people start to realize that because uh, for example, that's a really good discussion, but you know, people that made a lot of gains in in the the last bull run, basically now, and I think that was that is different from the the last one in 2017. Now people start to say, yeah, but I, I will just convert that to stable coins and take advantage of those high stablecoin APY. But eventually, because like a lot of people might do that, those will change. And I just think that the market's dynamic and the the scarcity of some assets and that kind of thing. That's a whole new level and a whole layer that um, through AP wine, we would definitely expose and, and take advantage of. And I mean, for the high APYs and this volatility, um, as long as DeFi is uh, young, uh, we'll have volatility because of the liquidity issues. Um, but then in the future, uh, betting and speculating on those future yield is definitely something that the traditional finance world is already doing. So, yeah. But eventually, um, um, yeah, through our IMM, We'll we'll have a, a much more uh, a much more significant uh, price and for future APY that you would see on a website where you don't know if it's spot rate like seven day average, thirty day average, anything. So in in, in some way we would be an on chain oracle of APY at this point. No, that that's actually yeah, that's really interesting. And and on that note of of the AMM, can you kind of go into the design and and kind of how you guys are thinking about that yeah so um yeah i mean as i said earlier um at the beginning it was like a regular hymn basically we have two tokens through the protocol that we want the the liquidity provider and the trader and and the and the farmer to be able to exchange which are ownership tokens and futile tokens so we have an hymn for that and then we have uh two things to anticipate Two major things to anticipate. One is that, uh, as I said at the beginning, the price of this FYT um, has a premium at the beginning uh, due to the expected yield and the fact that you're basically buying an asset that is locked. Um, so that is something to anticipate. So both the FYT and the, the ownership token has a constantly rising price with the yield that is generating. And at the same time, we have this price discovery mechanism that we implemented to, and we'll release documentation very soon on that actually. Um, but basically, to make people able to to start to speculate on the what what is the the, the price for the next period, and eventually help liquidity provider to renew that token in a um, almost automatic way, where we would have a new pool generating automatically, and that would avoid people to have to to just stop at the end of the period, recreate a new pool. You know, starting with a low liquidity on the pool, so people cannot trade, and eventually people need to add liquidity. But 
not to get stuck with the slippage or any kind of manipulation that you could put in between in that, that time. So yeah, that, that's that's mostly it. like it works like a regular AMM plus then we 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 play with, with uh, weight and pairs for 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 those uh, price evolving mechanism. I don't have a specific term for that, but the FOT premium and the period renewal. Yeah, on, on that, that aspect, that's that's something also very important about the AP1 and AMM coming up in the V1. As far as we've seen, but we're also interested to see how competitors uh, deal with this problem. But there is a problem where fugial tokens are tightly linked to a specific time period. If you're depositing on the on the month of March or May or June or whatever, your FYTs contain only the yield generated for that time period. So how do you deal with an AMM, so an asset pool, where tokens are basically become not tradable anymore every month. So we've come up with the mechanism that Gaspar described, uh, which allows us and liquidity providers to just deposit their liquidity and forget about it. And so the FYTs are going to be automatically renewed every month, every, every period, uh, so that liquidity providers can also increase their capital efficiency. Uh, so that's also something very important about the uh, the AP1 AMM coming up. Got it. Yeah, no, it's really interesting and, and excited to hear more. Um, and in terms of, I guess, how are you guys thinking about uh, the design differently than your competitors or, or yeah, ways that things you've seen with them? And yeah, I'd love to kind of get your thoughts around all of that. So... Um... Compared to the, the competitor, um, we haven't um, exactly focused our comparison um, between uh, the APA, the sorry, the AMMs, but um, we we can tell the the, difference, the main differences between our protocols. Um, so, uh, for, for example. Um, for Pendel, um, they are using uh, an AMM using uh, time decay, um, which uh, involve uh, a price um, sort of uh, weight uh, depending on the time. But uh, it might be not as much as composable um, as our solution. Um, but since we haven't seen um, the product right now, we can't say anything. And uh, for example, we also heard a lot about uh, swivel finance. Um, so they are focused on uh, interest swaps. So not exactly our main, uh, our core product. And so uh, the biggest one uh, that we heard a lot of, um, it's uh, Alchemix. And so... Uh, I came up with a sort of a definition of what we could do uh, with AP Wine and what we can do with um, Alchemix. So what is Alchemix exactly? It's like sort of a, you can take a loan from um, a chosen amount between 0 to 50% of your collateral, um, but you don't know uh, and you never know when uh, your loan will be reimbursed. On the other side, with AP Wine, you directly know when your loan will be reimbursed, but you can't exactly choose the amount you're having, um, you're borrowing. Sort of uh, when you sell your future token, it's sort of uh, a borrowing. And so uh, 
it depends on the future yield token price. So, so, so essentially, that's for the future yield because of how AP1 works with the AMM. But again, because of AP1's composability, uh, we've actually had a beta right now that lasted for three months uh, on mainnet. And on that beta, although it's not the most convenient for mainnet, uh, we've had an order book exchange. And we can imagine a future where you know order book exchanges are becoming a new standard or, or at least usable on mainnet maybe because of ETH2, maybe because of sidechains, uh, layer twos, I don't know, but just sometime in the future where we can use order books exchanges again, you can be sure that you can get always the best price for that. In the meantime, you will you know, use the AMM on APY and obviously sell your FYT at the price of the market. That makes sense though. Uh, and just to kind of uh, dive into the, the token element a little bit, uh, I'd love to yeah, talk through how you guys are thinking about the functionality and then you can dive into some of the other elements as well. Yeah, for sure. So, so the APY token, actually, we have Julien Boutlou as our uh, uh, angel. Uh, he's helped us a lot on, on the design and the tokenomics of uh, AP, ATPW as well. Uh, so we've been following since the beginning uh, a model very similar to Curve. Uh, I, I like to mention it because uh, um, it, it's a model that has shown that it's working. Uh, there was a there was a beginning uh, where, where people doubted a little bit, but now it's showing its strength. Uh, Curve is really a model where you need to see in the long term, and that's also where we see for IP one in the long term, uh, because DeFi yield tokenization is something that's going to be uh, to become a standard and a DeFi building block, uh, basically a primitive of DeFi. So that's you know we're here for the long term. Uh, so the tokenomics are based uh, mostly on Curve. There will be liquidity mining, uh, liquidity incentives for the AMM because we need that liquidity for the protocol to work and to be you know, liquid and, and, and flawless in the user experience. So that's that's where we're aiming at. And there will be, yeah. No, no, please go. If, if we're going to be talking about you know, the specific mechanisms for uh, APW, there will be, you know, government's governance locking. So you will be able to lock your APW for a fixed duration of time and receive vested APW. Uh, so voting escrow APW in exchange, very similar to have how Curve works. Uh, and that will give you voting power on the governance, but also rewards uh, from the protocol, both from the protocol fees that we take, that AP1 takes uh, from all the yield that's generated, but also from the AMM, there will be swapping fees, and a small part of that will be reversed, uh, reversed to APW vested APW holders. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense, and it's, it's a, certainly a great way to create long-term ascent alignment. And I think it, uh, it's obviously very transparent, which is incredibly helpful, and and uh, creates a lot of stability. So For sure, and 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 we've also seen a. There's actually a high percentage of curve tokens being locked in, in voting escrow right now. And I think that's something very beautiful. It's something that all protocols should aim for. It's the, the beauty of people believing in the project so much that they lock their tokens for years and years. And just, you know, there's even perpetual strategies for uh, VEs or CRVs. So you perpetually uh, renew your lock-in period on curve. And I think that's something really nice and, and that people can... Uh, vote on the governance, and there's so much governance votes on Curve. It's it's really a model to follow. But of course, we're bringing also our innovations to the to the table. Yeah, that makes sense. And and 
But do you think there will be also, uh, are you planning on incentivizing individuals to tokenize their yield as well, aside from just the, the secondary market liquidity or the uh, FYTs, which are the, which are the yield, uh, the tokenized yield token? So that will be mainly for the AMM. Uh, the AMM is where we need most of the liquidity so that regular users, uh, whether it be speculators or farmers, can either hedge their risk or get exposed to yield without having the necessary capital. So basically buy yield. For these two users, we need the middle, the middle ground is the AMM. So we need that liquidity here. The liquidity incentives will be mostly for people who mint FYT and ownership tokens and provide to the AMM. That makes a lot of sense. And it's also, you're effectively incentivizing the same crowd just in a, in a more direct or in, in an indirect way, but a more useful way because you do need the secondary market liquidity, like you mentioned, uh, is, is useful for both entities. So it, it makes the, the farming aspect really productive. Absolutely. So, that, so there will be there will be both a secondary market for the yield, but also for the locked position. So you'll be able to sell your locked position depending on the price of the market. So you may be selling your locked position at a small discount, but you can still get out of the protocol without having to wait another month if you've sold your yield already. Antoine, you were going to say. And uh, by doing so, we we solve the, the liquidity uh, chicken and egg problem. Um, so we can uh, we can have an, an equilibrium with uh, farmers wanted to to have upfront yield and uh, enough liquidity uh, on the AMM. Yeah, no, exactly, and and, and yeah, the, far the farming, and then on top of that, you know, they, they lock up the farm tokens and and are able to enhance their yield as well. So it make, makes a lot of sense. I, I guess in terms of uh, some more future plans, what are you guys thinking? Uh, and and like, as far as you know, future integrations and and you know, share as much as you want to. I'm sure some elements have to be kept under wraps, so it's really up to you guys. Yeah, so I mean, there are basically two axes of uh, improvement for the protocol. One is the future yield tokenization. Uh, for now, we're integrating interest-bearing token assets, um, but there are a lot more um, way of generating yield in the DeFi ecosystem and more. So staking, um, we have a pools token that are very interesting as well, um, and which uh, actually generates other types of reward as well. I mean, you have yield that you have instantly like in Ave, but then eventually you'll have a locked token, uh, vested yield, that kind of thing that we want to be able to tokenize, having several future yield tokens, uh, selling your token, your vested yield and sushi swap, that kind of thing. And the other direction uh, is more because AP Wine is a protocol to tokenize future yield, but also a future yield marketplace. So there we need to uh, improve different mechanisms in the AMM, integrate, um, reintegrates uh, out of book mechanism, hello, other thing like margin trading, but also, um, and that's like what you said earlier, uh, we are quite in discussion with both that are working in traditional finance, financial world because um, even if we had the idea of tokenizing future yield without having any idea to be transparent that that was exist existing in the traditional finance world, financial world, um, it's still very interesting to see what is existing there and what kind of instrument can we bring. So not only uh, futures on yield, but uh, options, uh, uh, swap, I mean, other types of con contract, different types of duration, um, having more flexibility to jump from one to another or to combine both because that's the beauty of DeFi is like 
it's really like a Lego game to just plug two things together and eventually it works. So it doesn't, we'll see. But like that, that's that's definitely one di direction that we are exploring and want to to pursue. Got it. No, that, 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 that's that's really interesting. And just trying to think through. So do you guys anticipate some of the more degen yields also being an option or is that going to be a bit more difficult to kind of get that secondary market liquidity you refer to or maybe that's you know a bit further down the line once you have the ability to uh to use the the more advanced amm or, or potentially even go down the order book route with, with uh based on you know the ability to kind of scale that define yeah, degen that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's, that's fair uh yeah, yeah I, was, I was i guess yeah, two L. So obviously you have the the, the stable coin yields and, and even ETH and some other assets, but I, I guess there's we'll do two types of DGEN yields. So on one you have you know, the the yield farms that kind of pop up and, and might last for a few months. And then also situations where, for example, you know, like sushi's moving to to um Matic and, and they offer pretty solid yields on on some more standard assets so which also actually and then i have another question afterwards so yeah <laughs> uh, yeah everything is possible with apyn first that's what i want to say but also even if it's possible the liquidity needs to be there right so although it's possible what interesting challenge and what's interesting to see where the market will go is what the discount will the market price uh, so, for example, if you get a if you get a thousand percent APY on some DGEN website, some shady I don't know platform, it will be interesting to see how far are people going to go to get a short term speculation on that yield. If you know it's going to go down, then you might ask the person selling you their FYT. Yeah, okay, I'm going to buy your FYT, but I'm going to buy them at a 50% discount. So if the, instead of buying the APY at 1,000%, I'm going to buy it at a 500%. And if it lasts for that for more than a month, then essentially I'm getting profits. And the other guy is also happy because uh, they uh, hedge their risk over with a discount. So it's interesting to see where this can also become kind of a betting marketplace. You can bet on the evolution of yield through the uh, the exposure to that yield. Yeah, no, I think that's really interesting in, in terms of um, now you have to factor in you know, not just demand for the borrowing, but but the price of the token that you're receiving the yield in. And so on that same vein, do you guys imagine you're going to shift to yield on LP tokens as well as, because right now it's more so lending and borrowing. And, and so is there an LP element, which obviously would fall a bit more into the DGEN side? In, in some situations, but I think um, in a lot of others, there there is some pretty strong stable yields. And so then you have to speculate on, on volume and, and, and a host of other factors, which I think could be really interesting. Definitely. <laughs> I mean, right from the beginning, uh, that was definitely one one tool, that, one thing, one type of pool that the farmer is, is used to in the, this ecosystem. And eventually we're answering market demand as well, even with the long-term plans with like uh, replicating traditional traditional finance or that kind of thing. Um, so we in, we integrated interest-bearing token at first because it was easier, um, because it was uh, more explicit in some ways as well. Um, the complexity of uh, having yield and the pool with different assets uh, yeah, that's something where we have to to, to make some kind of uh, decision, um, but that's definitely in our roadmap. 
uh, both because that's a very interesting asset to to speculate the yield on. I mean, type of pool, but also because those are, I mean, very much used and they generate types of yield that we think AP1 will be able to tokenize where there are no market currently that is doing it. Uh, I was taking the example of sushi swap and the, the, the vested sushi there and the, yeah, the underlocked sushi rewards, then that's definitely something that we want to integrate. Yeah, so that's why the long-term vision for APY is not only to tokenize future yield, but basically tokenize any assets that increases or generates value in the future and then bet on that generation of value. So it can be LP tokens or anything that generates some yield in DeFi. On that note, um, with a lot of the yield farms moving across to other chains like Matic or Binance Smart Chain, how do you guys see yourself positioning yourself for that type of movement? And do you guys have any cross-chain or multi-chain plans, or is that something that's more further down the line? We leaked some information in your meme contest. <laughs> um, yeah, we definitely are talking with some uh, side chains uh, for partnership there. I mean, that, that was something that was asked at the right at the beginning because, I mean, at the end of the device summer, I mean, we still had crazy I and uh, crazy APYs on L1, and we, and we still have, but uh, like Binance Smart Chain was getting really uh, famous. And um, the thing is, I mean, we're following the community, we're following the other protocols, that kind of thing, uh, but we have to keep a long term vision there. And we think some sidechain showed some maturity and some protocols uh, choose to, to, to deploy themselves as well there. And that's definitely a direction that we'll take as well. I mean, there, there are two different things, right? Like at the same time, we will deploy the protocol uh, in sidechains where, where we see long-term and, and we see that the ecosystem is moving there as well. And eventually answering market and community demands, we'd like to build bridges or find ways of speculating on yield, maybe more digits on sidechains where it can be something more uh, temporary. Um, but eventually, yes, and, and that, that leads to the, the previous question, actually, like, uh, do we want to integrate uh, DGEN's yield? And I asked, what is DGEN? Because at the same time, like, isn't 50% per year, like, quite nice already? But, um, and that's something that we have in the iFarm pool that we have. But for sure, we'll have some kind of uh, experimental crazy tokens and, and pools. But as you said, we don't want to fragment the liquidity too much. And we need to find the right ones that, that make sense for to speculate. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just want to add that the focus uh, of our team when we develop the protocol, when we develop the interface uh, and taking all the feedback from the community is not only that it works, but that also it's you know easy to use and convenient to use. And so as we've seen recently, L1 has become not so convenient to use for some people, which is understandable. And so that's why our main focus is on usability and user experience. So this is why we're also considering and, and working on sidechains. Because who wants to pay $100 to bet on $10 of yield? Right. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, definitely gets prohibitive. And I guess in, in terms of launch plans, I know you guys are doing an LBP, which um, this will likely air since that's starting tomorrow. This will <laughs> be released afterwards. But uh, just yeah, comment on 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 you know why you're going that route as as well as yeah, uh, potential airdrop and and kind of the thought process around that. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
just to to complete that first question, that last question, uh, the first point is the airdrop. Uh, as I said before, our focus is on user experience, and so we've had we didn't burn any steps. We really wanted to go. Uh, the project started in August. That's a long way for DeFi, but that's because we were iterating over the, the protocol uh, um, versions. Uh, we've had three versions uh, so far. So uh, there was the two alphas, which was in 2020. And then we've had the beta on mainnet, uh, which is currently live, but ended. And then we're going to have the V1 launch. During these three, uh, actually these two versions that we've had, uh, there was lots of community feedback on the on the protocol, on the, on the interface. So that gave us time to iterate and, and make the best experience possible. That's also why we wanted to reward people who participated in, in improving the protocol. And so that's why we decided to reward them with an airdrop coming after launch. And guess what? I can elaborate on the LBP. <laughs> yeah, so about, about the LBP, um, yeah, so we, we saw that uh, a lot more protocols uh, were using it. And uh, we wanted to have a, a fair price for the community and um, a, a sort of uh, an equality for all the community investors to be able to go in, uh, get some tokens, be able to hold them and then um, stake them. So um, yeah, LBP was like sort of uh, <laughs> a non-choice. Yeah, it's very important to us that whatever we decide to do, the market decides whether it's good or bad, what, what, what we do, what APY does. So that's why the LBP with the price discovery mechanism, the inverse Dutch auction basically, uh, you know, seemed very obvious to us so that the market, if they, if they just feel like APY is not worth it, they could decide to not buy and make the price drop over the 48 hours. We obviously don't expect that and we don't want that, uh, but we know that the community is going to be supportive and, and see and share our vision of the project but at least we give them a chance to express you know, their, 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 their feedback on that aspect. So we don't want to force any price. That, that seemed like the obvious mechanism. I mean, apes go to apes, but at least it's that, <laughs> at least, um, yeah, as, as my, my two uh, friends said, like definitely, like th this is a good and well better tested mechanism. So it was a no brainer for us. Yeah, no, agreed. We're, we're, we're certainly big fans and think at the moment it's the, the the best way to allow for an equitable distribution that you know allows for for some comfortable level of price discovery avoids kind of sniping and, and a lot of the other issues from sure. uh, previous distributions so yeah we're definitely big fans of that for sure there was someone uh, who asked uh, some time ago in the in the chat what if someone comes and just buys the entire supply of ap wine at the beginning of the lbp and i just answered well, this guy, this someone would just get majestically wrecked. And so I, I, obviously we're not going to see that because no one will, will, will do that. But, you know, that's that's what would happen. So it would be fair for the community if someone tries to be sneaky or, or smarter than everyone else, they would just get wrecked. And this is what happens most of the time with Uniswap regular pools. Unfortunately, it's not really made for token launches. Uh, so we have witnessed lots of projects uh, getting kind of a kick at the beginning by a bot or or some speculator. <laughs> yeah, no. The the funny thing is, it, you know, you can inform everyone of kind of how it works, but there's always going to be someone who's not really paying attention. And and each time you see, and it, just, it spikes at the beginning and say, like, "Oh, well, that that guy's not happy after this." <laughs> <laughs> true, true, true. 
<laughs> no, absolutely. But there's, there's, there's not much you can do about that. Well, really appreciate the time, guys. We'd love to kind of you know, please you know let everyone know where they can find out uh, more about the project, more about you guys. Um, yeah, everything along those lines. For sure. So the AP1 project has multiple communications channels. Uh, we have a Telegram and a Discord group. Uh, you can reach us out anytime here if you have any questions on the protocol, how to use the interface, and so on. Uh, the main homepage is on apy.fi. Currently, you can also see a teaser for the V1. It's live on app.apy.fi, and you can see some of the integrations coming up. Uh, wink, wink. <laughs> Thanks a lot, guys. Really appreciate you joining and, and teaching everyone about APY, and this is going to be a good one. Thank you so much, Thank guys. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thank you. Take care. Take care. Take care. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If you enjoyed it, please support the show by hitting subscribe on iTunes, writing a review, or sharing this episode on Twitter and LinkedIn. And stay tuned for our next episode out soon. <laughs>